Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> hey, welcome to New Life this morning. I'm Pastor David Kufall, and we are glad that you can join us. And uh, boy, we would love to see you join us right here in the sanctuary. But we're glad that you can join us right there at YouTube and Facebook Live there at Meta. And so, um, praise the Lord. Um, Corey's going to be looking at some things with Meta, if she can, um, to see what more can be done with Meta. Um, they keep sending us ads now um, that Meta can, um, they want us to join Meta. And so, um, Meta is just Facebook. Facebook and all the other conglomerates that they own. Um, so, praise the Lord. Anyway, but welcome. We're located at 1021 South Center Street here in beautiful Wapiton, snow-covered Wapiton, North Dakota. And so uh, we're so happy that you can join us today. This morning I'm going to be starting a series here called Preparing the Way. Preparing the Way. We're going to look at several of John the Baptist's, um, what he preached. And today, we are going to look at his, the first sermon that we see from John the Baptist. And it's, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. John the Baptist was given the privilege to introduce Jesus Christ to the world with these precious words. John chapter 1, verse 29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word today. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony of John the Baptist about our Savior. Thank you, Lord, that he pointed us towards the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus, you came to be our suffering Savior, to be that lamb that was sacrificed so that we could have forgiveness of all of our sins. Lord, touch us, I pray. Let your anointing just flow in this place and let your word just burn in our hearts today as we learned in Sunday school, Lord. Let it just speak to us, Lord. And Lord, build us up in our faith, Lord Jesus. Help us to share your good news with others, I pray. And Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, John the Baptist, a few things about John the Baptist that pe some people don't realize is that John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Well, he's found in the Gospels, yes, but Jesus didn't die yet. You see, the New Testament era, the, the New Covenant, founded in Jesus' blood, didn't happen until Jesus shed his blood. Do you understand that? And so John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. And Jesus calls him the greatest of all the prophets. However, we don't have everything that he ever preached. It's not like 
Isaiah who wrote a big old large book or Ezekiel or Daniel or Hosea or Nehemiah. You know, you could just go down the list of all the prophets, the major ones and the minor ones, and they weren't minor because um, they were um, to be ignored. No, they're, they're called minor because their books are smaller than Isaiah and Jeremiah's. You know, Jeremiah and, and uh, Isaiah had a lot to write, but Hosea and the other ones, they were shorter. And you get to Obadiah, that's the shortest book in the whole Old Testament. And yet he's still a prophet of God that was very esteemed by the Lord. However, Jesus calls John, and we only have a few of his words here in the Gospels that the Holy Spirit included, and they are the most important things he talked about. And the first one is, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But we are going to look at what is recorded over these next few weeks. And maybe we can learn from him how we can prepare the way for Jesus' second coming. Right? Wasn't John the one who was supposed to make way the make straight the way for the Lord to come the first time? How can we make straight the way for others to come to know Jesus? How we, can we prepare people? You see, when the rapture of the church happens, your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones who don't know Jesus yet should know why you disappeared. It wasn't aliens flying over the earth and beaming us up. Uh, do you know that's the New Agers already have that set up? The UN has ideas um, about aliens coming to visit. That's why all of a sudden you're hearing about UFOs all the time. If you watch the news, you're hearing about UFOs all the time. The, 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 the Air Forces and the military have um, admitted that we've had visits from um, outside of the Earth by UFOs. Now, um, they're not sure if they're from another, another planet or from another dimension. Well, folks, it's very simple. They've been around for a long time. Do you remember that Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air? That was a UFO. You know? <laughs> the, ca the, <laughs> the Catholic Church has an observatory on top of a mountain in Arizona. Or is it uh, Nevada? Anyway. And, and, and they're waiting for the alien to come because they want to baptize him into the Catholic Church right away. <laughs> you might be laughing, but the Jesuits are ready for that. Because, you see, the Catholic Church figures, if they're going to come here, we better get them converted because, you know, maybe they won't eat us. I don't know. <laughs> At least the Catholic Church is being pragmatic about it. The New Agers, they're just, uh, never mind, we won't get into them. Now, this happened, no doubt, after Jesus' baptism and his temptation in the wilderness. This is after John had baptized him. This is after Jesus had been tempted in the wilderness, and now Jesus is coming by, and there John is saying, saying to his disciples, Hey, look! Behold! Guys, wake up! Look! The Lamb of God! You know the one I've been preaching about? The Messiah? 
There he is. The one who's going to take away the sins of the world. That caused Andrew. Remember Andrew? Jesus' disciple, Peter's brother? That caused Andrew, who was a disciple of John, to leave John and follow Jesus. He started following Jesus. And uh, Jesus says, what do you want? He says, I'm going to be your disciple. I'm going to follow you. Jesus talks with him. And then all of a sudden, Andrew gets so excited after talking to Jesus, he runs to go find Peter. and says, I, Peter, I found the one. And Peter, of course, being Peter, he didn't believe him right away. And when Peter met Jesus, Jesus says, I saw you sitting under that tree. Oh, my, how did you see me under the tree? You see, they didn't have CNN back then. Right? Only Jesus could do that. And John is saying, Behold, the Lamb proclaims Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. In fact, the sin offering itself, the very one whom all the multitude, millions of, of offered lambs had represent. Animal blood could only cover sin. It could not take it away. But Jesus offered himself as the perfect sacrifice, took away the sins of the world. He not only cleansed, cleansed acts of sin, but as well addressed the root cause of sin. Um, let me just read to you, you're not going to have a slide of it, um, what Paul said in Colossians 2, 14, 15 about this. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he was taken, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, Jesus conquered sin, death, and the grave on the cross. He nailed your sins to the cross and they, he left them there. He put them in God's sea of forgetfulness when you accept Jesus into your heart. He puts your sin in God's sea of his forgiveness, never to be remembered again. God said they are far away from me as the east is from the west, but you must accept Jesus Christ for that to happen. So we get a glimpse of John's preaching. In John chapter 1, verse 30 and 31, John goes on after he proclaims, there's the Lamb of God. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. Let's break that down. Let's break that down some. John proclaims the positive, positive identification of the one who can take away the sins of the world when he says, Behold the Lamb. John affirms in that statement, Jesus is essential humanity. There he is. There's the one. And he affirms Jesus' essential deity. He's the only one who can take away the sins of the world. He does that in one statement. Behold the Lamb of God. You see, Jesus, when he, in the incarnation, was 100% man, 
and he's 100% God. He never stopped being God, and since he put on flesh, he's never stopped being one of us. Did you know that? He could have gone ahead and put back on his complete glory, went back to what he was before he came to earth, but no, he's, he, we are going to be like him, flesh and bone there in glory. Oh, my word. I can't wait for us to get to Beulah Land. All right, there I go. I went ahead and made an old reference to some of you. Some of you remember singing Beulah Land. Um, I don't remember how the song goes anymore. <laughs> don't know how it goes. It's in our both hymn books, but I don't remember how it goes. I bet if we go out to Beulah, North Dakota, they know how to sing it out there, though. <laughs> it might even be their theme song. John says, I did not know him. This doesn't mean that he was not acquainted with Jesus as they were cousins. This does not mean that he was not acquainted with Jesus, but that he was not to introduce Christ until the Holy Spirit told him to. You see, there was a, John was on God's timetable. Say, John was obeying God in what he did. John was going to get ahead of the Lord. That's probably why he was called the greatest. <clears throat> How many times do we see in the Old Testament that I sometimes jumped ahead of God before God was ready to move? Right? Oh, it started with Eve. Oh, if I eat that fruit, I'll be just like God and I'll know everything he knows. Oh, was she jumping ahead. Hmm. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ are we going to be able to do that when we're perfect when we've been given our glorified bodies. And that could be awesome. And then he says, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Means that at a certain time, and not before, Jesus was to be introduced to Israel as the Messiah, which John carried out exactly as he was led. Are we allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit? See, this is why we need to capture the, the hearts and the, and the imaginations of this generation. And again, I'm going to say when I mean generation, when you start hearing me talk about this generation, I'm not just talking about millennials and ex-zers. Too many people spend too much time talking about, and I know I get off of that because we've got to understand these, these wonderful people, these wonderful kids. We just do. But I'm talking about when baby boomers aren't going back to church and they're just sitting on their couch, power loafing. Some of you got it. Power loafing. And they're not getting out to church and they're not talking to their neighbors about Jesus. We got a problem. Right? So when I talk about this generation, I'm talking about everybody who's alive right now. You see, the older generation needs to encourage the younger generation, and the younger generation needs to get the older generation excited about things again. Come on. How many times have you watched a young preacher, and you get all excited because that young preacher is on fire for Jesus, and you're going, oh my word, with preachers like that, the church is okay. Right? 
Some are even worried about the church where it's going in America. But then you see a bright young man or a bright young woman talking about Jesus, and you're going, my word, listen to them talk about Jesus. They're all excited about him telling the truth about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you go, oh, my word, we're okay. But the problem is there's not enough young people doing that because the old folks are power loafing. They're not encouraging them. They're not encouraging their grandkids and their granddaughters because they don't get to see them. Well, if I go to grandma's, I might give her Omicron. Nobody wants COVID. But praise the Lord. It's almost like we were given a Christmas gift with Omicron. It's almost like everybody's getting vaccinated in the world because it's the, the, the disease is not as bad as it was when it first came out. You know, three days, my brother-in-law got it the other day. Uh, I won't say anything. And he took care of himself. He did everything they told him to do, and he got it. Right? It happens. People who are vaccinated, people who are not vaccinated, they're getting Omicron. Anyway, they say, the reason why you quarantine for five days is because it only lasts for three days. Oh, praise the Lord. Remember when we had a quarantine for 14 days because it took forever? Oh, my word. We had a member in our church got COVID. He ended up in the hospital. Couldn't go home and be with his lovely wife. It was hard on her. It was harder on him because he's not used to that. He likes his oatmeal in the morning and they're bringing him other stuff. Say, here, eat this. I want my oatmeal. <laughs> but John did exactly what the Holy Spirit told him to do and he waited until the Lord told him Therefore, he said, therefore, I came baptizing with water. Shows us that he did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. He would be more effective, we would be more effective if we followed what the Holy Spirit is laying on our hearts to do. Hmm. He preached a revival message of getting your heart right with the Lord. I remember I went to, I remember going down south, Oklahoma City. Me and one of the other ministers in the region, we went down there because we had been part of our covenant. I had been part of our covenant team in Kansas before moving up here, and I had gotten um, started doing these seminars that we were attending. Is, and so um, I had moved up here, and because I had been going to all the other ones, the bishop called me up and said, would you like to go? And I said, yes. So it was me and one of the council members. We went down there. And I remember standing in line. We were standing in line to, I forget what we were doing, getting books or heading out to a meal or something. And all of a sudden, this guy starts talking to me from Texas. And you know those people from Texas, they talk funny. And, but he starts, and, and, and the good news is I've lived in the South at different times. I'm a Yankee, and I've lived in the South so many times, I can understand their dialect. They just sound like they're talking normal to me. And uh, he said, I remember, he says, where are you from? And I said, Wapitan, North Dakota. I passed through the New Life Church of God in Wapitan, North Dakota. Wapitan, North Dakota. I remember going to Wapitan, North Dakota to preach revival for Pastor Dan. 
What? You came all the way up from Texas to preach in Wapiton, North Dakota? He said, I sure did. He says, I'll never forget it. He says, it was the greatest time that I've ever had as an evangelist. I said, why is that? He said, I didn't have to preach. <laughs> what do you mean? He says, Pastor Dan went up to introduce me, and the Holy Spirit fell in the place. And Pastor Dan was the first one to fall out under the anointing, and everybody in the church fell out of the anointing. I was standing there, and there was nothing to do. Because the Holy Spirit fell in the church, and revival came. He got to preach later on, but that was something he would never forget. A whole congregation falling out because of the presence of the Lord. Now, now you, that might be something that you've never seen before. Um, that might be something that's different. I, I, I got to wonder about you folks, people falling out. It's because the presence of the Lord is overwhelming. The presence of the Lord is overwhelming, and you can't stand. And you're having a one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart. And it's the most wonderful thing. I remember when I started preaching in Maine, there was a lot of times on Sunday night I didn't get to preach, and a few times on Sunday morning the Spirit would fall so hard. And all I could do is pray for people. It is a marvelous thing when the Lord is moving because we've yielded our hearts to the Lord. We focus so much on Jesus that he gets a hold of us during, while we're singing and praising him. All of a sudden, the next thing we know, we're in the altar. We don't even know how we got there. Uh, or or we've been slain in the Spirit. Slain in the Spirit. That's just my word. I'm not talking about somebody coming up to you and pushing you over and knocking you down. I'm talking about the overwhelming presence of the Lord that you can't stay on your feet in the presence of a holy God and you're under the anointing. I remember praying for a lady in my church in Maine. Now this might, this might sound different to you, but I'm praying for her, the Lord, and I never, I don't like pushing on people. I figure if it's the Holy Spirit, they're going to respond to the Holy Spirit, not to me. That's not my job. My job is to pray for them. If they fall down, they fall down. If they don't fall down, they don't fall down. But I remember praying for her. She went down, and I turned to pray for others. And I, all of a sudden, I looked back, and here she was underneath the pew. Her head was underneath the pew. There was no clunk. There was nobody moved her there. She just went straight down. She doesn't say she crawled there or moved there or rolled there. She just said she went down. That was all she remembered was going down. Next thing, she was just her and the Lord. Now, she wasn't having a vision of Jesus. It was just her and the Lord where the Lord was speaking through her heart. And she was getting unburdened from everything that was going on in her life. But she woke up and she looked up and there's the bottom of the pew. How she got under there, all I know is the Holy Spirit watches over us. And I still believe to this day, I, didn't, I had turned away to pray for somebody else. I still believe that when she was going down, the Lord just moved the pew out of the way. And, and so she wouldn't hit it because he didn't want her to get hurt. Come on. I mean, I had people in that church. Nobody was there to catch them. And they, they went down like a feather. Did you ever see a feather float to the ground? My word, I had a lady in that church built like a linebacker. My word, I went to pray for her and she went down. She didn't go down as a thud. There was nobody behind her. The guys didn't get there soon enough. And all these old ladies were behind her. And she started going down, and she was a big, I'm, I'm talking wide shoulders, big lady. And she started going down, 
the old ladies behind her parted her like the Red Sea. She went down. There was no clunk. There was no hitting. There was, she just went down and laid there. And all of a sudden, she, the joy of the Lord came. And this is a woman that never had any joy in her life. All she could do was complain. And all of a sudden, that laughter from deep down came. And she was set free. All of a sudden, she went from the from somebody who was always yelling at people at home to coming home and they could see there's a difference in mom. There's a difference in my wife. The problems were still there. Her husband was still sick. But all of a sudden, all that burden was taken away from her that she was carrying because she wasn't giving it to the Lord. We don't need to carry those things. We can give them. Jesus says, give me your burden and take mine upon yours. Mine is light. I'll carry your heavy load. What, are we, what is his burden? Get, tell people about Jesus so they can be... Prepare the way for Jesus' second coming by telling people about Jesus, capturing their hearts and their imaginations with the story of Jesus. We get John's testimony here in verse 32 and 33. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John had a testimony to share, so do you. We all need to share what Jesus has done for us with others. This is exactly, you know, and that's one of the reasons I started doing the five minute every day, up to five minutes. It could be two minutes. It doesn't matter how long it is. Um, some, sometimes it might be just a minute. But I started doing it every day. And the response has been good. Why? Because people need to be encouraged. And people need to hear about Jesus. And people need to have a devotion. You know, people are so busy today with all the the, the, the clutter. It's kind of nice to go on Facebook Live and give them something good. John says, I saw the Spirit descending. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit said would happen concerning the identity of Jesus as the Messiah. As to the Holy Spirit descending, we must come to the conclusion that John saw something which was the Holy Spirit. Luke recorded, descending in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, Luke 3.22. We must then conclude from these statements that the Holy Spirit has a spirit body of some nature. But in this case, he came as a dove. Why a dove? Two reasons. One, a dove represents peace. Jesus gives us peace, does he not? Two, which of the birds was faithful to Noah to let him know the flood had receded? It was the dove who brought the message that the world was drying out. The world was coming back to life. The revelation that was given to John the Baptist we see here the revelation that was given to John the Baptist and his obedience. John again says, I did not know him. He uses it for the second time, and it is with purpose. 
The Expositor's Bible puts it this way. The Holy Spirit wants all to know that John's introduction of Jesus as the Messiah was not according to the flesh. It wasn't according to his personal knowledge. It wasn't according to circumstances. But it was rather by revelation from on high. No one can really know Jesus unless revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now here's the thing I've been trying to get through to all of us, including myself. We are not salesmen. <clears throat> we don't have a pyramid scheme. We don't sell Amway. The Holy, the Holy Spirit will open the hearts and minds of the people we share Jesus with. It is the Holy Spirit that draws them to pray with us. It's not that we are so... You see, my word, if all you know is John 3.16, or if all you know is what Jesus did for you, the Holy Spirit can use that to plant the seeds, to water the seed, to get the seed to start growing in the of faith, growing in the person's life, so that they'll come to know Jesus Christ, because it's the Holy Spirit who finishes the work. He's the salesman. <clears throat> we are supposed to be his helpers. <clears throat> and he gives us power to witness to others. I'm so glad he didn't say, and I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are endured from power on high, and you will be my sales team in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and in the outermost parts of the world. Is that how Jesus put it? No, he says, you will be my witnesses, and that's all John was doing here. He was sharing his testimony, what the Lord had revealed to him. And it says, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remain on him. This was to be the revelation, the signal from God, which John was to heed, and he did. So it was after John baptizes him, after he sees the Spirit descend upon Jesus, after he comes back from his Jesus' time, when Jesus comes back after he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, being tempted by the devil, and again, letting the devil know he couldn't win. Here he comes, and now John could boldly say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He gets to go ahead and introduce him to us. Wow. He was told, it was prophesied over him by his own father. That's what he, that's what he was going to get to do. And when the Holy Spirit said, it's now, it's the time, you saw the signal, it's time to tell. You don't have to be quiet anymore. That, that message that's, that's, been, that's been bound up in your bones that you've been wanting to preach so long, you can now freely give. Let it loose, boy, let it loose. This is he who, and John says, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This proclaims what Jesus would do after his death and resurrection. The good news is the cross would make this possible. Wow. All because of the cross, we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. We can be baptized with the Spirit of God. Wow. And have that power to reach our community for Jesus Christ. You know how much easier it would be to witness to people if we relied on the Holy Spirit? 
It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. I mean, later on, we're going to see John loses his head. <laughs> he preached Jesus so much that he lost his head. <laughs> Literally. Herod didn't like his preaching. Actually, Herod's wife didn't like his preaching. <laughs> Why? Because Herod, Herod stole his brother's wife, and she didn't like the fact that he was putting the news out. Um, she don't belong to you. She belongs to him. And what a conniving woman she was. She didn't do her own dirty work. She got her daughter to do it. And her daughter's gone down as this villain all these years because Mama put her up to it. Wow. Maybe Herod never had a chance. Can you imagine if Herod would have just yielded himself to God? How many times have we said that? If somebody had just yielded themselves to the Lord and gotten saved, how much the world would have been a better place? Then John makes his great declaration in verse 34 of chapter 1. Hmm. I, he, now he leaves no doubt. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he gets to verse 34. And I have seen and testified. I have seen and testified. That's past tense. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John the Baptist had followed his instructions to the letter. And according to the revelation given to him by the Holy Spirit, he knew without a doubt that Jesus was the Son of God. How about you? I know there's a lot of skeptical people out there today because of all the stuff that you've been thrown at you in college, thrown at you even in high school and grade school. But Jesus came. He lived, he died, he rose again so that you could be saved. Do you see him as the son of God? He's not just a good man, a good teacher, a prophet. No, he is God himself. He is the very son of God. He came and died for you so that you could be saved. How about us? Are we ready to proclaim no matter what? that Jesus is the Son of God. Time is getting short, folks. Time is getting short. We better be telling. We better be sharing. And we better be seeking revival. Because I'll tell you what, that is what the United States needs. It needs a great awakening to happen once again in our nation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for these opening words of John the Baptist that we've looked at here today. Lord, I pray that it encourages us to share our testimony with others. And Lord, that you would give us the right words to say. That we don't need to really worry about what we're going to say or how we're going to say it. But Lord, you'll give us the right words to say. As Paul said, don't worry about what you're going to say. Let the Holy Spirit just fill your mouth. And Lord, so Lord, help Help us just to yield to the Holy Spirit as we talk to someone about you. And Lord, let us be sensitive to you so, Lord, that we could get 
will say the words that need to be said to, to touch their hearts in their imaginations, Lord, so that they know who you are, Jesus. For, Lord, you are real, and you want to be real in their lives. Help us, Lord, with that. And, Lord, I pray for our what we do on Facebook and YouTube, Lord, that, Lord, it will penetrate. Lord, it will get through. It will touch people's hearts and minds. That, Lord, it will cause their hearts to burn within them to know more about you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this service, how you touched Carol's, Carol while we were singing and praising you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, you are our amazing God, and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you call him the Son of God? Do you know him that way? Do you know him as the Lamb of God who took away your sins? If you don't know him yet, and you want to, all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. To say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you are the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for me on the cross and that you rose again to give me hope of my eternal life. Jesus, be my Savior. I pray this in your name. Amen. You pray that prayer or one like it. Know that God will save you. Know that your sins will be forgiven and Jesus will come and live in your heart. And then he'll want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit so that you too can live for him. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to know Jesus. We hope you'll give him a chance so that he can know you and you can know him. That's what he wants, is a relationship with you. Well, I'm Pastor David Kufal. Um, this has been New Life, and we hope that God has blessed you this morning. We're looking forward to seeing you through the week, and we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. If you want to learn about uh, Jesus' second coming, come be with us on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Um, otherwise, you can join us on Facebook or YouTube. God bless you for now. We'll see you later. Bye-bye now.